It's news to us. We're live on AW Radio the week of October 26, 2020. Our guest is Shannon Freshour running for Congress in Ohio's 4th District. She's going to defeat Jim Jordan, damn it, in Ohio. Woo-hoo. Yep. Yep. Uh, hey, it's Eddie here. Katie and Jason. Yeah. There they are. Hello. And Chris. Chris is here. Hey. There's also a uh, COVID outbreak happening with the vice president and his staff. But he continues to uh, walk around and 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 act like nothing's happening there in, in Washington. What the hell's going on with this guy? Yeah, um, I mean, it's not just his staff. It's like like his chief of staff and like his main like aide that's yeah. with him twenty four seven. Right. Yeah. Staff yeah. infection. Yeah. And then what happens that we, we, we were trying to get to this yesterday, but we were not yesterday last show. We ran out of time. What is going to happen to DJT when he loses the election? There's going to be like uh, an avalanche of lawsuits coming his way. So we'll tell you about that and more. It's news to us. It's news to us. With Eddie, Jason and Katie. All right, let's see what's going on on socials real quick. Um, It's news to us on Twitter. We tweeted this amazing poll. Going into the election, what issue are you most concerned with? The economy, social issues, COVID, or student loans? And uh, no surprise, COVID-19, the number one thing that people are concerned with at 70%, followed by social issues at 17, the economy at 11. What are you guys most concerned with? As we uh, approach election day, which is coming up in days, you know, I, my issue is even one of the, the topics to pick from. My my thing that's really keeping me up at night is climate change. Ah, that should have been on that, there. That would probably be a close number two for me. What's number one for you? The COVID. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want my freaking life back. I know. I, I want to see my friends. I want to be able to. I, I want to make it so I, I am. Uh, I have to come up with excuses to get out of social situations again. Dude, I want to hug my grandpa. Um. Yeah, I know it's really ridiculous. Can't believe that we're all still quarantined. We haven't even done a show in the same space since March. That's just yeah. insane. It's already almost November. China has only yeah. had like. A couple thousand cases since the outbreak in Wuhan. China virus, as I mean, we're the only country that's going through it like this. Like other countries have like mitigated it to the point where they could somewhat have their lives back, and then they just have to squash it when there's big outbreaks. We're the only country that's like going through it full speed ahead, like. And we're all Everybody angry about it. it. We're angry about it. <laughs> and that leads us to the first in our news roundup, COVID outbreak around the vice president. It's news to us. News roundup. Yeah. So several aides to Mike Pence, vice president, including his chief of staff, his body man, have tested positive for COVID-19 in recent days. His body man? Who, who, what's a body man? You mean like, is, do I mean his bodyguard? Uh, uh, body no, man is uh, like his, uh, his personal ahead, assistant. 
They call yeah. it a body man. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a Washington thing. I don't know. Oh, okay, got it. Jason, Jason, you heard that on the West Wing, right? <laughs> um, Jason had to step away for one second. Oh. Yeah. Mike, mic it up. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, mic it up. <laughs> I can't. It's the worst thing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not pooping. He's working. <laughs> we like to stay on top of breaking news. So, all right. Uh, so when when uh, Mike Pence had the VP debate with Kamala Harris, a lot of people were pointing out that he had a pink eye. Did you guys see that? And apparently, that is a symptom of COVID. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe this guy already had it or he has it right now and we're not being told. There's no way that everybody around Mike Pence is getting COVID and he is not. No way. Especially like his personal assistant who's with him like every waking hour of his life. Right. Which makes me wonder if this is why everybody around him has it now. Because of him? Yeah. Because they've said they said that they've tested him and Karen... Karen is his wife's name, right? Yeah. Mother. Mother's wife's name. Mother. They've tested him and mother uh, (laughs) for the last two days or three days even. And they've both come up negative. Um, But I mean, but like also, do you believe like, can we believe them? I don't know. No, no, we can't. And I also find it very ironic that the head of the COVID task force, like his whole staff is getting COVID. So, uh, uh, yeah, what an ass. Yeah, he's not following the own guy, the guidelines coming from the CDC, obviously. And why isn't anybody yeah. in Washington working remotely, by the way? Everybody else has been forced to work remotely who can, but those a holes still show up. Well, and just the fact that he has been in contact with people who have COVID, and we all know he's been in contact with people who have COVID, he should be quarantining. But he's out doing rallies with thousands of people every day now instead, and he's not going to stop. You know, uh, something I was thinking about something a couple of days ago, a year ago, a year ago, I bet 99.99% of the people in this country, if you ask them, if you if they sneezed or coughed, they would tell you that a person should cover their mouth like it only became political since Trump has made a political like yeah. Yeah. they're rejecting things they already know to be true just to like, own the own the libs and it's like they're they're sacrificing their, their own lives and the lives of their loved ones to own the libs yeah it's oh, pretty boy. crazy I have some breaking news right now oh okay breaking news uh, what's our breaking news Supreme Court by the GOP controlled Senate becoming President Trump's third successful high court nomination. Ow. Wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyways. Uh, we and actually, here is Mitch McConnell from just moments ago, Senate Majority Leader. And what this is- oh, hang on a second. I have to switch an audio setting real quick. But he was uh, just talking about this on the floor a second ago. And what this administration and this Republican Senate has done is exercise the power that was given to us by the American people in a manner that is entirely within the rules of the Senate 
and the Constitution of the United States. Yeah, I mean, screw him. Yeah, it, he looks like death these days. Anyway, he's like, literally decaying he, in front of us. Yeah, literally. But not a shocker that uh, that this justice was just jammed through. Meanwhile, all of America could use some COVID relief, but Mitch McConnell and the uh, the Republicans aren't willing to entertain that because they were trying to ram this justice through just before the election, just in case. Uh, she might come in handy if the Supreme Court has to settle some sort of a dispute uh, on that near election day, like they had to with Gore Bush. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on there. Or are we just being uh, alarmist liberals? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Okay. No. Well, we knew that yeah, was going to happen. Cape rising everywhere. We're going to have to dig into that a little bit more, maybe next week or something. Um, next in our news roundup. Uh, at least here's a little bit of good news. People are voting in record numbers. That's good. It's news to us. News Roundup. <laughs> 62 million voters have cast ballots early. That surpasses the total number in 2016 by this time by more than 12 million, according to NBC News. That's good. Yeah. So do you guys. Huge numbers. You guys think that it's going to peter out on election day, and just because everybody's voting early this year, it's a it's a weird year, or do, are we going to see a record turnout? I I feel like we're going full speed ahead here, and it's going to be record turnout through election day. People are voting um, with a lot of anger and passion on both sides. Like people are are yeah. casting these these ballots and. Like practically uh, tearing holes in in their little boxes that they're circling. I know I when I was filling in, you know, <laughs> Biden like. Biden, damn it! Freaking Looper, damn it! Be gentle on boxes. More <laughs> delicate. All right, I should be a little more delicate there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's um, that's good news. People are voting, so and we're, of course, it's coming down to a few states, the uh, the ones to keep our eye on, our eyes on. Actually, Texas is is a lot closer than people thought. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on. Were you gonna say something, Katie? Um, yeah, I also I think the good news about this is is that um, a lot of states are gonna start tallying their votes ahead of time, and so. Maybe we won't end up with the huge election day debacle that we all thought we were going to end up with. But there are a few key states that are it's against their laws to count votes before election day. So that could end up being a shit show. But I mean, I think for the most part, I mean, like states like Colorado, um, in Texas, I'm pretty sure, you know, states like where we're getting big numbers and they're counting votes already. Like as they come in, those votes are being counted. So yeah. that's a good sign. Right. And, and a reminder that we will be here live on election night covering the action live with tears of joy or just tears of sadness. There will be tears. Join us. If I cry on air, I apologize, whether it's for happiness or sadness. But yeah, we go live beginning at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? Or maybe early. I don't know. What time do we go on? Something like that. Just tune in right here. 
I don't know. You're the boss. Adobe Radio. Okay, we're going to go live beginning at 6 a.m. and we're just going to go all day. Yeah. Buckle so up. Texas. <laughs> yeah. Texas already has 7 million votes. Wow. That's crazy. All right. Yeah. So, what you, uh, yeah. What do you think about Colorado losing its uh, swing state status? I think we're it's now considered blue. blue. Yeah. I think I, I think it's good. Yeah, I don't I know what to say to that. I'm I like cool it. with that. Yeah, I'm down with that. That's cool with me. I think we're all a bunch of stoners now, anyways. So it's it's actually surprising me that it didn't happen a little bit sooner. But it, we we saw that this was the trend in Colorado because of the just because of the things the laws that were being passed locally and how things have been uh, swaying here. So. Yeah, I mean, you know what's really been chapping my ass is that, like, right down the street, every weekend, there is a group of Trump humpers that stands out on the corner and hands out their handmade Trump signs. And, like, it has a whole bunch of giant Trump, like, propaganda hanging up. And people drive by and honk and, like, get all rowdy. And I'm, like, in Trump country over here. Mm. It's scary. There's Trump signs everywhere. Yeah, I think that's a mixed but, bag where I'm, I live. There's a. Uh, I see a lot of Biden, but I also do see some. I saw, I've seen a couple Trump, and I know that my next door neighbors are definitely Trump supporters. Uh, see, the only Biden signs I've seen in my area are the ones I hang up on the highway. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, you are in a red area. Um. <laughs> But speaking of the election, what is going to happen to Donald Trump if he loses? This is why he is fighting so hard to win this election, uh, because he has just an avalanche of bad things that's coming his way. We'll tell you about that in just a second. But real quick, our sponsor, Fundrise. We've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked into a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, You'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, it hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now. Thanks to Fundrise. They make it easy for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. Whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise has you covered. So get started. It's easy to use. You can uh, go on their website and track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. So start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash news to us, and uh, you can have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's fundrise.com slash news to us. F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash news to us. Have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's Fundrise.com slash news to us. Thank you, Fundrise. All right, News Roundup continues. It's news to us. News Roundup. Uh, So uh, DJT did say that he would leave the country. If he loses the election, and uh, here he is saying that at a rally recently. I'm not going to feel so good. Maybe I'll have to leave the country. I don't know. 
I, but I, you know, I, I feel like he might actually leave the country if he loses because there's he a can, yeah. because of COVID, no one will let him in. Yeah, you're right. Also, I don't know. I think that like MBS or Putin, somebody might take him. I don't know. Is he still useful to Putin? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they might have some use for him, or they might just off him. Who knows? I don't know. Oh my god! If uh, <laughs> if if a uh, if if a former president leaves flees the country, though, isn't he? Considered a national, like a huge, huge national security risk, because somebody could kid, like the ISIS could kidnap him and then get a bunch of secrets out of him. Although he's so dumb, he never read any briefings. But the thing is, is this president's already going to be considered a huge national security risk when he's out of office because he already is known to give away information to these foreign adversaries without them even trying to really get it from him. For example, like, his Twitter password, it was revealed yesterday. Did you guys see this? A hacker got into his Twitter. His password was MAGA 2020 exclamation point. Yeah, that was a real story that came out. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, like he gave he gave away information to the ambassador from Russia. Wasn't um, that when he first got into office? Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, one of the first developments around the uh, original Russia scandal. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's been known to give away information without, without trying. And he, he knows things that he, I mean, we probably don't want someone like Donald Trump knowing. Well, if he loses, he's now open to a lot of legal scrutiny. What was it? What are some of these things, Katie? Because when we were looking at this last week, we didn't have time for it. I had no idea that he has this many lawsuits. Like it fills up like two pages on our prep here. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we can't like, even get to all of this. All, but then when you put them all together, it's a lot. Maybe so. We can go through a couple of them here because we don't have time. This guy has so many lawsuits that it would take up a full hour for us to just yeah. list them off. We'll just because that's, to- that's totally a, normal. A brief skim here. How many lawsuits faces- do you guys have against you personally, by the way? Oh, at least 17. Yeah, I have 22. <laughs> That's average. Yeah. He faces defamation lawsuits um, from accusations made by E. Jean Carroll. Um, some have suggested a formal well, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, he also has a subpoena to his accounting firm for eight years of tax returns and financial records. That's one of the biggest ones, courts, right? Yeah, have ruled that the subpoena is valid, but he keeps throwing it back through the courts to make sure that it doesn't get, you know, he keeps pushing it back down to lower courts as it goes back up. Yeah, uh, investigators are looking into tax breaks taken by Trump Seven Springs property in Bedford, New York, and the Trump National a lot Golf of, Club a lot of tax in Los fraud. Angeles. There's a there's a theme here of, of tax fraud. I thought like yes. if you commit tax fraud, you're immediately thrown in jail. Like it's, uh, but I guess if you're if you're 
like a middle class person or poor, that's when they get you, not when you're rich. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I think a lot of this is stemming from Michael Cohen's testimony before he was locked up. He, where he testified that Trump uh, uh, always, you know, said his uh, properties were worth more than they really were, and then for tax purposes, he would, uh, you know, say that they were worth less. So he kind of cooked the books, if you will, on his financial background and what what he had going. So I think that's where the tax fraud is coming into to play there. And the reason yeah, why they're also investigating the valuation of Trump Office Tower on Wall Street in the forgiveness of more than a hundred million dollar loan on the Trump International Hotel and Tower in Chicago. A lot of fraud. A lot of fraud. And the reason why he needs to stay in office is because. You can't prosecute a sitting president according to an unofficial memo in the Department of Justice. Literally just a memo. Yeah. So he's literally just a memo. He's fighting. He's fighting to stay. This is why we have the voter suppression. This is why he's saying that mail-in ballots are all fraud. He's trying to set it up so that he can contest a victory by Joe Biden, no matter what the margin he's going. He's, there's no way he's going to concede on election night. No way. Yeah. Look at all this stuff I mean, that's facing he, him. His, his, you know, what he's trying to do, in my opinion, is, you know, if he wins another four years, a lot of the statute of limitations on these cases, you know, they expire and he can't be charged for anything. So he's trying to run the clock out. He's trying to cover his own ass. I've also read, though, that because of that memo that a lot of prosecutors could argue that the statute of limitations doesn't start until he gets out of office. Ah. Well, I think that would go to the Supreme Court, and I don't know what how that would go. Yeah, and now because he's stacked the Supreme Court, yeah, how would that roll? And I'm so sick of people saying Biden's going to pack the court. Biden's going to pack the yeah, court. Fuck you. Republicans pack the court. Yeah, like they packed it. They they did it. Like <laughs> stop saying Biden's going to do it. It's already been done. I just want to get that out of the way. So then there's another case, another defamation lawsuit from Summer Zervos, who claims Trump sexually assaulted her in 2007. And his niece, Mary Trump, is also suing him because when she was a teenager and her dad had passed away when she was just a kid, but when her grandfather passed away, Trump and her Aunt Mary were in charge of their estate. And they basically hired lawyers that weren't going to work in the interest of Mary and her brother and ripped them off for millions of dollars. And Mary didn't figure this out until recently when she hired or when she handed boxes of documents from the lawyers over to the New York Times and they figured it out just like a couple months ago. Wow. Yeah, and that's just then like that's a... it's like the tip of the iceberg. Sorry. You probably tell us about one more than we're out. actually we're out of time on this because the, well, we have to get to our guest Shannon Fresh Hour. Justice with Miller, which right. is the big one that we all know about. And he's individual number one. Yeah, right. individual number one. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that his personal attorney went to jail for doing things that uh, Trump told him to do. And by extension, yeah. that makes Trump guilty. Um, I mean, there's a whole bunch more. Like, that's just like the tip of the iceberg. If he wasn't president, he would have been charged in the same case as Michael Cohen. Absolutely. 
So he's just facing a shit storm. This is why he, he really needs to stay in office. So because uh, uh, so he's not he's not trying to stay in office to better the country. He's not trying to get rid of COVID, do a good job for anybody. He's not trying to make America great again. He's just trying to save his own ass. Doesn't give a shit about you or me. Let's top it off with these broke as well. Yeah. He's, oh, we also yeah a billion dollars in debt. That's yeah. Um, yeah. we'll talk to our guest next as our election coverage continues. Shannon Freshour running for Congress in Ohio's fourth district to defeat Jim Jordan. And she'll be joining us next live. Don't go anywhere. Vote or die. It's news to us. Election 2020 coverage continues. And our election coverage continues here. It's news to us on Adobe radio. We are about a week away, week away from the big day. And one of the, uh, one of the biggest, one of the biggest races that everybody has had their eyes on is this one right here. Uh, running for Congress in Ohio's Forest District is Shannon Freshour. She's trying to defeat Jim Jordan. Everybody loves that guy. And uh, she's actually the first Democrat challenging Jordan to raise over a million dollars. So uh, congratulations on that and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, wow. So this is a really heated race that you're in and we're going to talk about it and the issues and stuff but do you mind if we try to get to know you a little bit on a personal level yeah absolutely yeah go ahead okay what are you currently binge watching um i basically i binge watch a lot of news um i have your tv and they have this channel called um the news mix and it has fox uh msnbc cnn and either the weather channel or bbc world news on four boxes on the same screen and you can choose the audio i basically binge watch that all day well if you had to share an uber with either scott pelly or lester holt who would you want to share that uber with i don't know a question i never thought of but i will say <laughs> it's a horrible question uh, lester holt. <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a very consequential uh, question in fact the whole race is is hinging on it so thank you for answering <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, either butter pecan or some sort of like sorbet vanilla mix. Ooh, butter pecan. That's good. That's I think I like one. I like cookies and cream probably, but butter pecan's got to be up there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a classy ice cream. It is a classy ice cream. That, that that's <laughs> very classy. A, it says a lot about you and how classy you are. Uh, Thank you. Have you ever been bitten by an animal that wasn't yours? I have, actually. I was 10. I was riding in a, um, like, charity bike ride, one of those, like, school bike ride things, and a dog got loose in a yard, and he came up and bit the side of my the side of my thigh. I did finish the race, though. Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, well. That's cool. I mean, good yeah, good for you. Did you get stitches? Um, no, I don't. No, did I? Maybe. Maybe I got a couple. I've gotten stitches a lot. I'm kind of clumsy. <laughs> so, like, there's, like, scars all over. <laughs> did you have to get a, a rabies booster? Or, well, I'm not a booster for you, but a rabies shot? No, no, no. I didn't because they knew who the owner was. And the owner could prove that he had um, had his rabies shot. Okay, good. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and finally, do you agree with this statement? Should shoes come with a Velcro instead of laces? It depends on the shoe. Any kids' shoes should come with Velcro just to make everyone's life easier. Kids' shoes, yes. 
But what about adults? I mean, why do kids get the Velcro and we get screwed with having to tie our shoes? <laughs> That's a good question. I shall now ponder this. This is what I'm going to be focused on at like four in the morning. I'm going to wake up and have like an epiphany about the fact that now I support Velcro for, for all shoes. I think once you're in office, this needs to be the first thing that you tackle. Your first bill. <laughs> I, will get, I will get right on that after I deal with constituent services. Maybe global warming first. I don't know. COVID. There's a few other things. But then Velcro. Exactly. Um, well, okay, cool. Well, how are you feeling? So today is a is a big day. Um, uh, I don't know. It's kind of negative to a lot of uh, people who are on uh, the left with Amy Coney Barrett being um, confirmed just actually like minutes ago. Moments yeah, ago. they just, yeah, just had the vote and then they're about to swear her in, I guess. How do, you, um, how do you feel about the situation in general? You know, um, I think that, you know, the Republicans should have honored their own um, precedent that they set that if you don't, that we don't do confirmations that close to elections. I mean, it's eight days out. 67 million people have already voted. And um, many of the senators who voted yes aren't going to have jobs come Wednesday or come Thursday. So, I mean, to hold, you know, to do this, and I get that's why they did it, because they, I mean, it's it's a tacit admission from McConnell and the Senate Republicans that they are going to lose the Senate, that they don't have enough faith in in the electorate to actually hold it after the election. And that's really how I view it. I mean, it's basically an absolute admission that the Senate's going to flip. So what, what do we do from here? Um, do you think we should add to the Supreme Court? And I think that, I mean, I think that this is where I come in. I don't think it should be a reactionary, like, tit-for-tat um, thing. But I do, I mean, I had said before Biden came out and said it, that I don't believe that, you know, necessarily nine people can really sort of accurately assess the needs of a 330 million other people. So I wanted to look at it in a bipartisan fashion. And then I was really happy that that was what Biden came out with as well, saying that, you know, we need if we do need to do this, we need to do it in a way that is actually logical and not reactionary. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I wonder what that perfect number would be. Or do you support uh, term limits for Supreme Court justices? I don't. I don't. I think that what we see is in the wisdom of the founders is that making that, you know, up until, you know, basically the last, what, 25 years, the judiciary had been non-political and people trusted it. They, they entrusted the decision. It's only really in the last 20 years that it's become highly politicized and people have lost faith in it. But having a lifetime appointment means that they are insulated from being fired for bad decisions and things like that. And that's what the, that's what the founders wanted. Okay, and so, all right, well, it's interesting. I guess we'll, we'll kind of see where this goes, and just based on what I kind of know of her record, she seems to be a little bit out there, in my opinion. But um, You know, we'll I, mean, she, I mean, the thing is, is that the real problem is she doesn't have a track record. She has no experience um, trying cases. She's never tried an actual case in a, in a courtroom. She's never argued an appellate decision argued in a case at the appellate level and she's never argued a case before the Supreme Court. You know, it's all theoretical. And then she was put on the Court of Appeals and has written decisions that are very, very suspect um, from a precedent standpoint and from a standpoint of 
where civil rights should be and where civil liberties should be and things like that. So it's it, almost as it, if the it will, like she was told what to write by um I'm sorry, what's the name of the society that chose her? The Federalist Society? Yeah, the Federalist Society told her. You know, I, I don't I can't speak to that, but we know that, you know, most of the people who are on the court, especially the ones that Trump and McConnell have put on the court, have been have gone through the Federalist Society system. And it's, you know, so a vetting process. So they don't, I don't even know that they need to tell any of these judges what to write. They were handpicked and chosen and put through the pipeline because they were already going to do it. Right. Yes. Well, um, let's talk about your race a little bit here and in, in okay. Ohio. Let's fo- get local here because uh, Jim Jordan, I mean, this guy has been in the news a lot. And yeah. not, not for anything good, he's uh, linked to a sexual abuse scandal. And for some reason, that hasn't done much to damage his political career. Why do you think that folks in your well, district... I, think, I mean, the thing about the Ohio State scandal is it's very hard to... Um, he was one coach who didn't help the uh, wrestlers and players, young, young boys and young men who came to him and asked for help. The, the bigger problem is he was part of a system where none of them did. And there, I mean, these were, this is a, a sexual abuser who had basically free reign of young boys and young men for 20 plus years. You know, Ohio State is having to pay out now tens of millions of dollars in compensation. But the fact that none of these, uh, Jordan was an assistant wrestling coach, but none of these coaches will admit to wrongdoing. They will not say, I was wrong, I'm sorry. And those are the things that should be said. You know, they're saying it's a lie. It's a lie that I knew. It's a lie. That, I mean, Jordan says it's a lie that I knew. Well, and if, if, if what you're saying is it's a lie that is true, then you're claiming that sexual assault survivors are liars because they're the ones claiming that they told you. Wasn't and he, that's where wasn't he, it's really, really, you know, it's a really big problem. It does, it angers everyone in Ohio because there are college towns, you know, there's like Ann Arbor and there's Tuscaloosa and there's, you know, Gainesville. And there are college towns, but Ohio is different. Ohio is a college state. Everybody's Ohio State in Ohio. Yeah. And it's, and it's so, it's, Everyone wants their kid to go up and play for Ohio State, whatever sport it is. Do you think or the band? And the fact that they weren't safe there really, really does anger people. And I'm not sure that they know how the best way to deal with it and deal with the fact that this institution that they love so much betrayed these young boys. Do you think it's angering enough people uh, enough to make them react at the polls in your favor? Do you think people um, still remember this story? It's hard for me. It's, it, I mean, it's hard for me to look at it in a like politically expedient way because I mean, these boys have been traumatized their whole life. Some have committed suicide. Some have turned to drugs and alcohol to deal with it. But they're every one of them have trauma. I've talked. You know, I've had, you know, when I've talked about, you know, this is the situation, I've had people pull me aside and say, I was one of them. And people that I didn't have any idea that they would, that they would be involved in this. It's, you know, it affects the rest of their lives. And so it's really hard for me to say, um, nearly impossible for me to say that 
I can look at it in any sort of political way. Right. Yeah. Because it's not political. It's a crime. And it is a unconscionable crime. And the fact that nobody helped these boys is unforgivable. Absolutely. For him to turn his back on those boys is just despicable. And then to He did it, but everyone else did it too. And like I'm not trying to I'm not trying to minimize what he did because what he did was absolutely wrong. There is nothing that he can that is nothing that he will ever do that will justify what he did. But there were all of them. Like there were so many of them over twenty years. There are hundreds of boys. Political leader figure in our country now. So yeah, he's he's got the president's ear. He is um I don't know, and, and he's also one of these guys that has won in your district by large margins in the past. So people seem to like I mean, Jim Jordan. A huge part, I mean, you got to remember, a huge part of that is that it's so gerrymandered that this district was drawn to do exactly what it does. Um, you know, elect Republicans. Like, that's why they did it. There's actual evidence from when they were, when they were cutting the lines in 2011 after the last census. Um, John Boehner, who was from Cincinnati, was speaker at the time. And he, and he very clearly and he very illegally said, I want 12 Republicans and four, and four Democratic seats. That's the, he figured the minimum he could get away with. And he actually hated Jordan. So the, the story that I've always heard is that he tried to, he tried, and Jordan will say this, He's heard the story too that that they tried to cut Jordan's district out, but they could never keep the twelve and four and get rid of Jordan at the same time. So they put him in a district where there's no media markets. It's all gerrymandered. It's not anywhere near each other. The most liberal city in Ohio is in it. It's you know this sort of district that is you know the duck. How are you fighting this gerrymandering? Because that's a real issue here. I mean, what's your strategy? You know. Um, I think a lot of it is, you know, I try and maintain a really close contact with as many people in the district as possible. We have 14, at least parts of 14 counties. I try and go to the counties as much as possible. And a lot of that's been limited, obviously, by COVID. And, you know, because we, we take COVID seriously on our campaign. And that's kind of a big difference between me and Jordan. He doesn't take it seriously at all. But, you know, so one of the things is we've been able to do a lot of Zoom calls. And last year at this time, I would be having to choose which county to go to. But because all of the all of the meetings are on Zoom, I can be in more places at, at more times at the same time. I guess have, it is. You, have you ever thought of trying to recruit John Boehner to help you on your campaign? <laughs> <laughs> John Boehner, I think, is probably focused on selling marijuana or legalizing <laughs> marijuana across the country. That seems to be his whole focus that in playing golf. <laughs> I don't know. He might help you. You never know. He's he's the guy. I mean, he's literally like the king of lobbying for legal for the legalization of pot, which growing up in Ohio was not something I ever envisioned. <laughs> no, I mean, I always felt like he was a little more liberal than we all thought he was. Either that, or he really likes money, and has discovered he likes pot. I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, or you, what, Chris? Go ahead. I mean, I don't weird combo but here we are has he taken to wearing sunglasses all the time oh yeah, but he kind of did that before and he's always been really really tan so it's hard to tell 
Is he using a lot of slang, like man and, you know, groovy, that sort of thing? Maybe, maybe. I've never never met them here, so I can only go by what I read and what people tell me. (laughs) Uh, You're in a very red district. Your district voted for President Trump in 2016 with 64%, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, um, what when you're trying to talk to voters in this really red area of, of the country, how are you? How are you reaching to conservative voters and trying to get them to vote for you instead of Jim Jordan? Well, I mean, I think that there. I mean, I think that this is a very, very different race than 2016 because in 2016, Trump was an ID, like he was an idea. And he was kind of this wish fulfillment idea that he could be anything. He was a businessman. He was going to do this. He was going to do that. He was going to drain the swamp. And now he's a real politician. And you can see what he's really done. You know, he's hurt our farmers in Ohio significantly because of his trade wars. He's, you know, gone after health care. You know, he's people in our, in many of our counties are in the red zone and are, you know, exacer- and our cases are shooting up. And so it's not a theoretical thing of what would Trump be like. It's a real thing, and there are real consequences. And Joe Biden, you know, is from Pennsylvania, which is basically Ohio, in a lot of sense. You know, he's, he's much more of an Ohio sort of Midwestern politician because he's from Pennsylvania. So he, so he has that sort of natural Midwestern friendliness, I guess, is what we, what we always sort of deem it. But, you know, people are really, really inspired by Joe Biden. They're really excited to vote for him. We're seeing um, in our rural counties, the reddest of the red counties have some of the highest Democratic turnout in the state. Wow. So Trump's been leading in Ohio for a while now. How do you feel about it? The it depends upon the poll. And most of them have Biden leading by one or Trump leading by one. So it, it springs back and forth a lot. Yeah. Less, less when I think was Biden was up by two, I want to say. Um, but, you know, we get a new poll basically every day. So it's a little hard to keep, you know, and because of the margins of error, they're basically all within the margin of error. Right. Right. Um, well, speaking of people's backgrounds, so you grew up, uh, you had a single mother raising you, living paycheck yep. to paycheck. And how do you think this type of background suits you to represent your district better than say you coming from a privileged background or like somebody like Donald Trump who had a small loan of $500 million from his dad growing up. Who among us didn't get, who among us didn't get a small loan from dad for, you know, half a bill. Yeah. I mean, who among us? Um, I think that because I'm, you know, I'm basically, you know, the same as everyone else in our district. You know, we, you know, we work hard, you know, working class. I've had, you know, multiple jobs. I know what it's like to be laid off. I know what it's like to have your business shut down and to, or the job that you have shut down and all of those sorts of things. So I understand the struggles and I understand what it's like not to have health insurance at times and to be terrified that you're going to fall down and break your ankle and not be able to afford the medical bills. Or, you know, now you're going to get COVID. I actually read a, um, an article, uh, uh, sort of someone talking about how their brother-in-law um, spent three weeks on a ventilator and then died. And, his, and the guy was talking about his sister just got the bill with insurance. The bill's a million dollars. 
Wow. You know, we're in bad shape. And the fact that Amy Coney Barrett is going to be the vote that's going to strip the ACA away is a terrifying prospect because we now have almost 9 million people who have another pre-existing condition in addition to all the ones that they had before. Because everyone with COVID will now have a pre-existing condition. Well, you want to, so you want to fight to protect the ACA, and I mean, let's say we're able to hold on to that for a little bit while longer. The Affordable Care Act it was kind of designed by Obama to be a jumping-off point, and uh, he was hoping that we would continue to improve upon that. So, how do you think we can keep building on that? If well, we're I mean, I think I think that Biden is absolutely correct that we need a public option for people who lose their jobs. And in that interim where they, where they can't get another job, they have the ability to access health care. We need to ensure that our kids have health care, but we need to ensure that families. Having health care, access to actual affordable health care, is a really, really critical part of being able to have a job and have a family and be able to support your bills, be able to pay your bills and things like that. Because we know how medical bills can cause people to, to declare bankruptcy. And we've been through all of these cycles before, and going back is just going to make people's lives more difficult. It's not going to help anybody, except for people who have stocks in private insurance companies. Yeah, and that's, that's I mean, nothing about what the Republicans are doing will actually help people and why people keep, why the American people keep voting for those that are against their own best interest is just beyond me. But to be fair, I mean, three million more people voted for Hillary. It's the elect- yeah. you know the way that the electoral college broke down was what did it? I mean, more people voted for Al Gore than voted for George Bush in two thousand. I mean, that was decided by one vote on the Supreme Court, and now we have four members of the Supreme Court, all of whom worked for Bush when they were arguing for the Supreme Court in Bush v. Gore. Do you support uh, abolishing the Electoral College or amending it in a major way? We do need to amend it because the fact that, you know, smaller states hold a significant more, significantly more power than do larger states. Now, I'm not saying that the smaller states should be, you know, they should have no say or anything like that, but we need to amend it so that it's actually fair so that people actually get to that their voices get heard because it's unsustainable when the person who the most people voted for doesn't win continues to happen again and again and again. It's an unsustainable model. Totally. It favors the Republican party though. And they are the ones that are in power. So why would they want to change it? Not for long, not for long. Hopefully, You know, I mean, in Ohio, I mean, our numbers are, I think it was as of Saturday morning, we'd already had 1.5 million votes. We've got, you know, million, you know, we've got hundreds and hundreds of people every day voting in Ohio. That's great. We're blowing out numbers all across. I mean, literally in, in our red counties in, in my district, some of them are like their total percentage of Democrats have already voted is like in the high 80s with okay. eight days out. Wow. Do you suspect there will be a rush on Republican voters come come election day? Not wearing their masks, showing up polls. But the thing is, is that the question is, is how many, I mean, with all of the COVID that's spreading around, I hope that people take the precaution to vote safely. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, thankfully, 
you know, as Democrats, we were like, okay, get your ballots early. Make sure that, you know, this is going to be bad. We're going to hit that period of time where we're going to go back into COVID because that's just how viruses work. And it's going to, you know, it's going to slam into the flu and we're not going to be ready for it. So make sure you're ready to vote. And people are, you know, like I got my ballot early. I got my ballot I think, two days after with the, the, the second day back. They, they put it in the mail on the day that they were supposed to. I got it two days later, filled it out and put it back in the um, drop box. How do we get you the endorsement of Joe Biden? Should we send him a tweet? What should we do? <laughs> you know, I mean, I think that I'm working really hard to make sure that Joe gets elected. But I'm working really hard to make sure every Democrat gets elected. Uh, you know, I, I work really closely with a lot of our state rep candidates who are all phenomenal, you know, making sure that our judges get known. And so I'm really like I'm in a really, really blessed position because unlike most candidates, I don't have to explain why Jim Jordan's terrible. I just have to say I'm running against Jim Jordan and people understand why he's terrible. So I get, <laughs> I get that time. Have you? you know, it's true. I, mean, I get that time to help other candidates. Have you and heard that's from, really, really, that's a gift that I, that I've been given in this race that I can help other people get their message out to. That's, that's great. Yeah, that's absolutely. Have you heard from Rosie O'Donnell? Cause I know that Rosie O'Donnell is a big critic of Jim Jordan. I feel like she's retweeted me and things like that, but I don't know. Like I've never actually spoken to her. Well, I know that uh, you haven't gotten the official endorsement from Joe Biden, but what we can do is play this. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. That's, unof- <laughs> that's, that's unofficial. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, well, good luck to you. We'll be watching you on election night. How are you going to spend election night? We'll be live covering it. I am. Um, we are doing a very small, just staff-only party in a big um, hotel conference room so that we can be socially distanced. But we can actually still sort of be together. Okay. But it's it's literally just staff. Are you going? What what I think election night is going to be is either tears of joy or tears of sorrow for pretty much everybody in this country. So, um, I you know I honestly I I will say this um, I will I know that I will have left everything on the field to elect Joe Biden, to elect me, to elect all of our other candidates. So, and I believe, I believe Joe Biden will win Ohio. I believe that will be the end of the election. I believe Joe Biden will be elected. I believe Kamala Harris will be the VP. I absolutely believe that. I believe that our slate of Democratic candidates is phenomenal. And so I can't see there being tears of sorrow, even if I weren't to prevail. I would still be so thrilled that we've gotten, we've made so much positive change and we're going to make so many people's lives better. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you putting your, your life out there on the line to uh, fight for this. And, um, Thank you. Thank you. I hope you beat Jim Jordan because we don't want him to win. (laughs) Yeah. Get rid of him. Uh, (laughs) Shannon Fresh Hour is running for Congress in Ohio's fourth and thank you so much thank you so much for being here we appreciate you spending the time with us and uh good luck we'll be rooting good for luck. you great thank you so, thank you so much for having me on anytime have a good night you too okay there we go one of the big races as our election coverage heats up actually it's like what the election is next week <laughs> i'm not even <laughs> sure do, on it. 
Uh, we, have, we have one more guest running for office, what? and then it is election day. Uh, we have a sh- we have two back to back shows. Oh boy, I didn't Ooh. sign up for that. Ooh. Jason's Fluffy already having a wings. panic attack. Ah! Jason might have to say instead of three words, six. <laughs> Sorry, I had a work thing pop up. That's my bad. Oh no, it's he all was good. Pooping. It's all good. We'll be right back. I was pooping. <laughs> Okay, we're back, and we are leaving. Thanks for joining us on It's News to Us. <laughs> and we're out. And hi, bye. I hate when shows do that. But just to remind like, you, We come I back know. from commercial break, like, oh, have a good night. It yeah. is an asshole thing to do. We make you wait through commercials so we can just wave goodbye. Bye. Are you right now? Yes. Right after these words, some very... Exciting scrolling text credits. You don't want to miss. Who was the executive <laughs> producer? Who was the the gaffer? Find out. Um, but a reminder that we're going to be live on election night a week from, like just in, in a week, we'll say in a week. So uh, get your election coverage here on AW Radio. This is, uh, it's going to be a crazy night, and you're going to want to be with some friends. You're going to have so much fun with us. Yeah. Uh, Jason, Katie, Chris, any final words from you guys? We're the funnest. Vote? (laughs) No question mark. Vote. Vote. Yes. Vote. Vote exclamation point. This next week is going to be the longest six months of our lives. Just fucking vote. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Joe Biden. And I approve this message. What? Did we go off? No, what, what, we're still on for a second. What's up? Oh, I was going to say, uh, cross your fingers for a safe transition of power in the months ahead. Quick, yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. You nailed it, Jason. Beautiful guitar solo. Appreciate it very much, Tim Apple. Good job. News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com.